once again, Nathan Bell. Joining me, as always, Nathan Bartobal. Nathan, what's going on, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Nathan. How are you? Good. I figure this is now our third podcast together, and I have to add the uh, as always section to it now. So I, I, uh, it felt good, yeah, as always. Although it's weird because you know we did just record one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that that fun kind of uh, so. Yeah, that's true. So in a way, it feels even more warranted since this is our fourth, in a sense. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. So we, uh, yeah, we're ready to uh, we're ready to rock and roll. We've got a great episode today that we're looking forward to. Um, real quick, though, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Jared um, in his uh, his podcast. Uh, Nathan, have you had a chance to check it out yet? I think he released the first episode. I haven't, unfortunately, had a chance to, to listen to it yet. No, I've got it in the queue okay. to listen to, uh, Jared, and I certainly will get to it. And I wanted to be able to uh, – lately, we've been uh, like – we've been uh, doing all these classes with the kids, and then they end up – we've gotten embroiled in board games and all these other things. And so we've been kind of going from one thing to the next, and this normal – period where I would sort of be, they'd be on their tablets or something. I'm like, oh, I can turn a podcast on. I haven't even really had a chance to do that. And then the other night they came in like, we want to listen to something. So we kind of put on something for everybody to listen to. Nice. So I will get around to watch. I'll probably try to listen to it tonight. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll, I'll make sure that when I do, um, Jared, I go out there and leave a review and everything for you and, uh, and whatnot, but I'm looking forward to it. It's cool. His, uh, his theme is movies and I saw the, the first ones up. So I'm looking forward to, to hearing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Uh, yeah, I've been, um, believe it or not, uh, it, it seems like it would be easier to teach from home, but it's actually, it's it's probably twice the workload because I feel like I'm a first-year teacher trying to adapt all my curriculum to online learning, transfer papers online, when I get those back, making sure I can grade them online, you know, trying to cut down on that paper load. And so I really... Um, well, it's My a paradigm been... shift that we haven't really had to do before. Yes. Not, not all at once like this. Yes. So. Yeah. So it's it's definitely uh, you know taking um, taking an interesting turn. Uh, thankfully, uh, because we've been keeping up with our teaching schedule, uh, our school is going to plan to do its normal spring break. So uh, next week I will be all on spring break, which I'm looking forward to a little bit of. Uh, little bit of rest. So, um, yeah, very excited about that. But, um, yeah, check out Jared's podcast when you get a chance. Uh, Nathan, do you remember the name of it? I can't remember it off the top of my head. Cinema Ventures or Cinema yeah, Ventures. I believe it's yeah. Cinema Ventures. Yep. 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 That's right. Um, so yeah, Jared, some love out there for you and please go ahead and, and listen to that and, and set him up with a, with a review when you get a chance. So, um, today, Nathan, you and I are going to be talking about, or I should say not today because we've already talked today, but in this particular podcast, we're going to be talking about, uh, some shows that we've been watching and we're going to focus that specifically on Picard. You and I, both have access to CBS online and you and I have been watching that and talking about it and have been enjoying it. And so we're going to focus on that, but we're also going to talk about some of the other things that we've been watching. Um, so go ahead, Nathan, and, and start us off your overall thoughts with Picard. So before we uh, begin, it is, as you pointed out on CBS all access and uh, you probably like me got the uh, went in and, got a subscription to it maybe for the free days or whatever uh, i know that currently i believe currently they still have it where you can get it if you go in and get it now you can get a whole month free mm -hmm. and yeah. particularly uh star trek picard the entire show 
the first season of the show, has aired, so it is now all available. Yes. Uh, the first two seasons, I think, of Star Trek Discovery, which was a show uh, that is running concurrently to it but started a few years ago, is also there. They have several other shows, The Good Fight. There's a lot of shows on there that are good. Uh, they also, something we spoke about last year, that um, depending on your mileage, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was the remake of The Twilight Zone. The first season of The Twilight Zone is also available and on there. Yep. So if you are interested in uh, checking out what CBS All Access has, now is a good time to do it because – we do have a little more time, and they are giving a month of it free. And it is a very easy thing to cancel at the end of the month. So I would encourage you that if you're interested in that, particularly sci-fi fans who haven't got a chance to check out some of these shows, it's a good way to do so. Uh, I'm not as uh, – there's things I've liked and disliked about Star Trek Discovery. They're about to start their third season. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting. It's an interesting show. Uh, Twilight Zone, the only caveat I would make is that they are definitely treating this – CBS is treating this like – uh, you would Netflix or HBO, so there it, it has some R-rated content at times. This is not the PG Twilight Zone you may be familiar with. That being said, there were still some really interesting episodes and whatnot. But again, we're here mostly uh, at this point to talk about Picard. Mm-hmm. And I was, like a lot of things over the, 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 the past years, I'm very hesitant and yet also excited when they go back to something – that they they've done in the past, yeah. but they're going to go back to it and uh, bring it back and not give it a fresh coat of paint, not remakes. I'm very rarely excited about remakes because I already have the original. I don't necessarily need to see you remake something because most of the time it's not original or they don't do anything interesting or new with it. Uh, that being said, revisiting older shows, I'm not opposed to, or even revisiting older movies, I'm not opposed to if it's done right. Yeah, and it's been hit or miss, I think, with Star Wars, uh, depending on who you are. I, I think The Mandalorian has been great. We talked about that yep. uh, when you had me on before. But I think that more often than not, it isn't done that well. I was super excited. I loved The X-Files when The X-Files was on Fox. And I watched that show all the way to the end, and I was very disappointed with how they wrapped it up. And then they managed to scrape enough money and, 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 and interest together to make another movie. And I thought, okay, well, now you'll wrap up the story that you somehow in nine seasons didn't get to finish, and yet they didn't do that either. Right. Then they came right. back with a TV series and didn't do it in the first season, got a second series season, and didn't do it then either. So yeah. <laughs> it became clear that the gas had run out of the tank, and they were just sort of – going through the motions and everyone felt kind of tired. They didn't seem like they were really committed to what they were doing. And it was disappointing. It was interesting and enter. It was, you were energized to see it back, but you sat there and thought, should this be back? And I couldn't help but feel that that might be what's happened here. Cause star Trek has had uh, now the, the other thing about star Trek is it has had quite a life since a the next generation yes. ended, which is what Picard uh, captain, John Luke Picard was involved in, mm-hmm. but then you know he went on, and there were four, if I'm counting correctly, there were four movies, um, almost almost as many as the original cast had, you know, uh, when they made their movies. But minus two, I think they had. There were four Next Generation movies, all of which Picard played a role in, mm-hmm. and so he still had a presence there. And then since then, you had uh, when Next Generation ended, you also had two more shows with uh, Deep Space Deep Nine and Voyager, yeah. and then. And after that, there was Enterprise, and then mm-hmm. we have Star Trek Discovery. And Star Trek Discovery, and of course, you had the J.J. Abrams right, sort the of side 
reboot, yep. whatever you want, where it happened in an alternate universe. So having all of that and seeing Star Trek back, Discovery for me not being a home run and them changing a lot of things and sort of adopting a different tone that sometimes struggles to feel like the Star Trek that I loved. I wasn't sure what to think about this. I mean, obviously, yeah. Yeah. you feel like they've got to have something in the can or in the tank if they're going to bring they're going to be able to bring Patrick Stewart back. But I just wasn't sure, and I wasn't certain how they were going to do it. And again, this idea of name-check nostalgia seems to be something that happens a lot when you bring back this very iconic figure. So walking into the show, I was excited that it existed, but I also I noted that the trailer felt very, like, again, not to sort of spoil a whole other franchise, but <laughs> Firefly. You know, this, yeah. uh, and it's a coinciding movie, Serenity, where you've got Jean-Luc Picard, you have destabilized him in a sense because he's clearly in the trailer. He's not on the deck of the Enterprise. He isn't commanding this group of Federation professionals. He's got a ragtag group of misfits who are trying to protect a girl who seems to be special and have powers, and they are going up possibly against the Federation. You're not really completely sure when you're watching the trailer. And so I'm looking at something, and oh, this is this is Firefly. Right. And walking into the first episode, and I'll say this too, we're not going to try to get very spoilery at the beginning uh, at the end, we'll kind of put a place in where we can talk about spoilers. Yep. But I was very much relieved and excited by the first episode. Yes. And to, to I guess, to the long story short, actually, I think the quality maintained throughout the series. But let's talk about that initial episode had a lot of things it needed to do. And one of the things I was intrigued by from the, the outset is that you had Picard... Uh, he's there on his vineyard. He's in his vineyard. He is in full retirement. He has these two sort of, um, uh, people who are working on his, in his house. They're kind of, mm-hmm. uh, they're two Romulans who work with him and his interactions with them. He's, he's retired. People still recognize him as, as this sort of hero of the Federation. Most people do anyway. And you're, we aren't clear, at least in the first opening moments, why he's not part of Starfleet anymore. You assume he retired, but we don't know why he retired. Mm-hmm. And watching that uh, Patrick Stewart kind of go through those motions of this is an older Jean-Luc, and it opens with a dream sequence where he is there talking to Data. And yes. so yeah. I liked the rhythm of all of that, how all that was all working. And the, the screenwriter, Michael Chabon, has said that he actually – the show he wanted to really make that he knew they were not going to let him make that he tried to pitch anyway was he wanted to make Picard tooling around that plantation and the nearby village the entire series. He wanted to see, well, <laughs> what if we have to have Picard solve a mystery with, with someone stolen something from the vicar or, so, you know, these right. small, <laughs> almost British murder mystery kind of plots it's juxtaposed against this guy that used to be part of Starfleet. And I won't lie. I would watch that show. Um, so it was interesting that a, a guy who wanted to make that kind of show ends up making the show that we have, which is ends up being kind of full of action spectacle, yep. ends up being full of like big cataclysmic things. But I think you can see that the heart of the person who wants to make this show that's going to let Picard develop as a character and organically grow amidst a small plot kind of still manages to do that with the plot they have. So I was obviously impressed with how good – I mean, I'm not, I wasn't surprised because Stewart's a great actor, but he right. brings a lot of energy, frailty, uncertainty, but the same level of sort of uh, gravitas that he had when he was that starship captain. I guess what I was really struck with the first episode, this is, ab- and you don't always feel this. Usually when you have these guys in the shows and uh, people come back, mm-hmm. you know, 
the problem with the show is it feels like, oh, we're bringing them back exactly the way you remember them. They're just who they were when they left. We try to make Mulder and Scully feel just like the people that used to be in the show. You know, Full House, like, okay, they're older, but they're right. the same people. Is, and they're, yeah. trying to, they're trying to do the same things, and it's, it just feels stagnant. The, 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 the first hat trick of Picard is you see he's exactly the – he is the guy you remember, but he's different because things actually have happened to him. Right. Big – important things have happened to him since you last saw him. Right. And the show is really good about giving enough of things that, that happened to him previously that we knew about when the show happened, bringing enough of those events in, coupled with events that we don't have any knowledge of, or we yes. have very little knowledge. And yet tying that all into the previous Star Trek universes in a way that I was really uh, impressed with. So by the end of the first episode, I knew that they cared not just about the story they're trying to tell here, but they cared about other Star Trek yes. episodes, yep. storylines. I mean, the fact that they would not just name drop the events of Star Trek Nemesis, but they weren't afraid to address the those right. events of Star Trek Nemesis and wipe them away, which I think is arguably one of the, in a lot of ways, weaker Star Trek movies. They jumped right into that and were willing to bring that in for the benefit, I think, of ultimately trying to redeem and revisit some of those plot lines. Right. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I mean, one of the things that struck me was this was a this was a continuation of Picard's story and it didn't feel forced. It felt very natural. You felt like this is who Picard should be when you're watching it. Um, you know, there was nothing forced. There was nothing out of the ordinary. Uh we've we've made comments several times when people have, you know, try to continue stories that well wait a minute this isn't this isn't really the the person that they would have become or i i don't see that that you've not you've not brought me anywhere in the story to lead me to believe this is who they are now but picard um because i feel like essentially he is still the same you can see that that his frailties you can see where those are kicking in and you can you can understand um, why he, who he is and why he is the way he is. And so I really feel like they did a good job at, like you said, continuing this story, not erasing the, the things of his past, not ignoring, uh, even ignoring things that happened in the next generation, but touching on those things and making them a part of who he is now. Um, and I really, I enjoyed that about the series that there was no intention to, whitewash and wipe away all this past and all this history. And we even do get glimpses, uh, not just of the next generation universe, but we get glimpses of other universes coming in to this as well, because you mentioned, you know, deep space nine and Voyager, and those took place uh, around those same timelines as the next generation, the, the, you know, Picard and his crew were certainly alive during these times. And so folding in other parts of the universe, I felt was um, very well done as well. So, yeah, and I think that's something to remember here that's interesting because uh, one of the things that happens is unlike the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, which I enjoyed those movies, they they were clearly uh, making a conscious and obvious effort to say this is a like a, a, a literal reboot because. Because it, it is sort of happening in conjunction with the universe we know, but there's an actual sort of rift and time shift. 
that occurs this other that causes this other alternate universe to occur. Yes. And so it was very upfront and obvious about that, which I think was the right step to go, where it allowed and allowed them to bring in Spock and Litter Nimoy, it allowed them to pay homage to the original show and to that universe. And yet still do their own thing, although you could say they squandered it a little by making movies that were very similar to previous movies that had already been done. Right. But that that initial decision was very upfront. Now, some people – I've heard some people say, well, Picard is intended to be a standalone show that is kind of like outside of canon. I don't – I don't know if that's the case. I don't feel that way. As far as I'm aware, and I, to be fair, I'm not someone who's read all the Star Trek books or has dabbled in a lot of anything beyond. I watched – I didn't see all of Enterprise, but I saw most of the other shows, mm-hmm. and I've seen all the movies. And so as far as I can tell, Picard is about as far out in, in timeline as any show has been. Yes. Uh, yep. So – in that sense, yes, it's it's a bit further out, but this isn't even like Logan where you feel like you're watching this kind of dark future that right. transpired right. and is meant to be a kind of standalone of, hey, this is how things got real bad. But maybe it's not what will happen to the X-Men, but hey, this is what happened to them. You know, it's in, it, it's further down the line, but it's just very dark and it's very specific. This it, it almost like a what if, a Marvel what if, right, which is kind of what they what it felt like. But yes. – with Picard, you could – I guess you could say that, but this feels such a piece of everything. It just feels like it's further down the timeline. Right. It is further enough down the timeline that you could probably just excise it if you wanted. But it, it remains a very close-knit relationship. And I'll, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll point out that things like – the basic setup of the plot is you know, you've got this young woman who is suddenly – realizes that her life is not exactly what she thought it was. And when she comes to this big sort of earth-shaking realization, for whatever reason, Picard is sort of at the center of her mind. So you know she needs to find him. Right. And when she finds him, it ignites a storyline that actually reaches back and deals with how Picard feels about Data, the android, Mm -hmm. what happened to him at the end Mm -hmm. of Nemesis, what has transpired since and what i thought was really cool is and this isn't really spoiling too much they were relaying information in interesting ways they've got a giant information dump about what happens to the romulans yes. uh, that we kind of know because of what it takes the event that occurred in star trek the jj abrams film yep. with the destruction of the romulan homeworld and it yep. actually juxtaposes that against everything else and so that story is still there it's still in place and we see that this this is the same timeline we've always watched. It's the same timeline in which Spock left and ended up over in the alternate universe. Yep. It's the same timeline that belonged in Next Generation. And you see some very interesting things because the themes become different. Mm-hmm. There's the whole fact of what happens to the androids as an entire group of people yes. or a, a group that uh, changed because of things that happened around that Romulan. We see why that Romulan uh, – evacuation didn't go as it was supposed to. We see why Picard left Starfleet, and these things are all intertwined very, I thought, elegantly together. Mm -hmm. And so by the end of the first episode, you have a very clear purpose. You have data is sort of, it's interesting because Brett Spiner is in flashbacks initially. You know, you see him. And of course, you see that issue of, okay, we're using a lot of pancake makeup to to disguise (laughs) the fact that this guy is significantly older. And, uh, but I think they do a reasonable job. There's a few too many references to Earl Grey tea in the first episode, although I, <laughs> I do enjoy when he says, you know, he's he's asking the computer or whatever there in his home to make him an is it Earl Grey decaf. And uh, <laughs> but I I enjoyed. I don't think they overdid it 
too yeah. much in terms of trying to have a little nostalgia. Now, as the show goes forward, he starts to assemble this group of people. I like the way that those are all tied into this story about what was happening. Mm-hmm. And you see Starfleet not in a particularly fond light. That's been a, a, a complaint that many people have had is, oh, Star Trek was supposed to be this show with utopian values, utopian ideals, and kind of like the vision, the better vision of ourself, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we even did a whole episode, we did Phantom Galaxy, where we discussed that and yeah. we talked about how that case and uh you know i think we even included included a a quote there where he's talking to these people who have come out of like uh cryogenic freeze and they're like well what do we do and he's like well this is the you know the century you're in now you can do whatever you want because we've eradicated this and we've eradicated that and you know as is with most modern shows we have to have edgy and we've got to you know put a lot of like darker beats in there and so we do see a starfleet that has become disconnected from that prime directive mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. They've become um, not the kind, you know, they've become a different Starfleet right. than the one that Picard was a part of when he was younger. Right. I don't actually think that that is really a big problem with the show, though, because first off, they aren't the bad guys in the same right. sense that right. the group in Firefly is the bad guys. The 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 villains actually come from a different subset story which i thought was relatively interesting right and it does go the kind of secret society route so it does have people operating within starfleet but that's been a common theme throughout the show yes of bad actors within the structure of the federation right but i but painting the federation and then ann magnuson's character who at one point picard comes to her and she drops an f-bomb which is you know i i think we could have done without the f-bomb right. personally but i don't think that the decision to kind of particularly in the times that we're in the show Starfleet is not this perfect utopian – there's a utopian ideal and then there's the reality. And there's what's happened to the reality over time, particularly when the reality is threatened. When we as a people are in our livelihood and our, and our uh, safety are threatened. Mm-hmm. I mean we see it now like what happens to that. Right. So I don't feel that that was ill handled. Um, and there's a big reason for that. But what did you think? Yeah, no, I agree 100% because I, you know, I feel like if you go back to the next generation and the movies and things like that, you really don't deal a ton with the Federation as a whole. And the glimpses that you do get, you actually do get that feeling. I mean, I'm thinking back to one of the earlier episodes where the Federation had put data up on trial as whether they were going to pull him back and take him apart and study him. And there was a whole case that went around that. And it was it was Picard in the Enterprise versus the Federation. And so the interactions that I remember with the Federation were some of those tension moments where we are not acting in according to how we should be acting. And so I really didn't feel like it was out of place in this series. I thought they did a good job at separating the secret societies within the organizations from the organizations themselves. And so, um, you know, you, I feel like by the end of the series, you still get the same feeling about the Federation that, that you've had all along um, or that you should have had all along. I never really once felt like, Oh man, you know, the Federation's gone to, to pot and, you know, got all bitter and things like that. You know, I think, I think Picard himself had a unique perspective from things that he was dealing with to get those, those feelings. But I don't feel like us as the audience ever got those, at least personally I didn't. And I felt like, okay, this is, you know, by the end of the series, this is the Federation. This is the star Trek that, you know, I'm hoping to see. 
And so I, you know, I agree with you in that respect that, you know, there's not, they're not the villain. They're not the enemy. And I don't I mean, think... I think we are supposed to see that Starfleet and the Federation general have fallen away from what they were supposed to be. I think we are supposed to see that. I just don't think that it was a overdone and I don't think it was done poorly. And certainly Picard has that perspective that this is not what he signed on for because of some very big decisions that were made. Right. And, but I think what we are seeing here is it's not a cut and dry and what, redeems it for me is the fact that Picard himself strives the series to retain the ethos of what he thinks Starfleet should be. Right. And I think that's right. an important distinction is he tries to embody at every step of the way in with big decisions that he has to face. All the things he believed when he wore the uniform are the things he continues to try to strive for. And I think that's what makes it work and makes it better. We're not watching a hardened Picard right, who is right. this person who's given up on everything. Uh, so when the universe around him has changed and become less forgiving or merciful or compassionate or dedicated than he remembers it, he doesn't lose any of that. And I think that's really what the, the, the sort of push and pull of the show is, you know. And I think why it works. What did you think about the extended cast as they brought them together? I thought – I think we can talk about who they are a little bit. Yeah, so you have um, – I, I, it's, it's funny because I don't um, – I don't remember their names, but you have, you know, you have the pilot who's, you know, kind of the, the gruff, uh, you know, he was the idealistic up and coming pilot. And now, you know, events in his, his life have kind of turned him gruff and, um, you know, uh, a little bitter and disenfranchised with, with things, particularly Starfleet. You see that in him. Um, I thought, he was great. Uh, I enjoyed his uh, portrayal, and I I, I liked um, his acting prowess. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get into spoilers. Um, but I really enjoyed him coming in and what he brought to the table. His number one, so to speak, um, who was uh, Rafi, I believe, was her name. Uh, I liked I liked what she brought to the table as well. She's not this person who has it all together. You see that she has. Uh, we see from the beginning that uh, she has uh, flaws and she's a damaged person uh, from the events that have gone on uh, with Starfleet. And so we, you know, we're introduced to this broken character who, um, you know, we're, uh, we see is going to grow throughout this episode. Um, it's interesting, too, that they allow, and this isn't really in big spoilers, uh, with a couple of these characters – they allow the fact that Picard himself was sort of involved in her breaking, you know, yes. not necessarily yes. something he could have completely prevented, but they do present situations where when he's, he's going back to these people to ask them for his help, for their help, because he is connected to this character that um, Isa Brion's plays who, who starts, you know, you have Soji and there's, there's two, there's two characters she kind of plays. I don't want to get into too much of who they are, yeah. but they're, she's the person that he is invested in. Yes. initially and then because of that he becomes invested in, in in trying to help and save another character and so he's bringing these other people along because he basically you know starfleet has kind of shut him out mm-hmm. and he needs this, this this separate group of people but what's interesting is almost all of them are people you know with the, the you mentioned uh cristobal rios rios is the captain yep. at santiago cabrera like that character he he's never met him before but they do share 
you know, similar feelings, some things have happened to them in the past. But a lot of these other characters, he's going back. These people he walked out of their lives. Yes. And he walked out of their lives while things were still a mess. Right. And some of them, all they could see is that he's retired on this vineyard somewhere and they, their lives kind of crashed. Yeah. And so when he's coming back, he's, he's, but he's just coming back to their lives, ask them for help essentially to come on this mission that could be dangerous to them. And so he's got to, he understands he's not a character that you see him wrestling with the fact that he messed up. Right. So I, I thought that was an interesting aspect. Most of them, some of their brokenness or some of their hardship has been because Picard waltzed away several years ago because of his own convictions, but he didn't really stop to pick up the pieces. Right. And I think, and I think that's what makes it compelling. Like you said, um, he's not, he, he's not totally free and innocent from, from what he did to them, even though he was justified in, in how he had to, how he had to walk away. And so I think, that makes for interesting and compelling story bringing bringing these characters back together you see glimpses of these close relationships that were fractured during this time and now they're trying to find their way back together and and we we see that in in several characters it's not just um it's not just one there there are several characters where we see that happening um Allison uh Pills character as the doctor uh I thought that there were moments where it was where it was good. I really enjoyed the interaction. And then there were moments where I was like, I I'm not feeling it. I don't really think um, it's working for me. And so her character, I'm interested to see where they go and how they develop it more in the future, because hers was probably the one I was, I was the most disappointed with in the series. Interestingly though, that was probably the one that joy enjoyed most in the series. Joy uh, sat down and watched it with me. And so she enjoyed that character and that interaction more than I did. Um, and then you have um, his, and can we talk a little bit about Alison? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So I, and I, I, I get what you're saying. I think the thing is I am Alison Pill is an actress. I really like her a lot. She has a kind of personality that generally I find, She's very kind of cheerful. This is a very modern sensibility. Mm-hmm. This is in the far future. But, you know, you, you she seems very much of a time and place of now, mm-hmm. I think. And so bringing her in, it was interesting. What are you going to do with her? Because she seems almost too, not too cheerful, but she would have been right at home in the med bay in Star Trek, right. the right. next generation. And yes. the question is, where does she fit in here? And I think one of the, the difficulties is, and it's, I'm not going to say what exactly, but a, a mild spoiler would be, they give her a pretty dramatic arc of what's happening with her. Yeah. Like they, they throw that character a lot of things to deal with. And yet in the midst of this, they almost still want to, to throw the usual boilerplate stuff you'd expect to see. Like, oh, how's she going to react to the handsome captain? You know? Right. Uh, like, but, but she's got so much other stuff to deal with. They throw a lot at that character. And yet sometimes they want to like isolate it. So they just want the really dramatic stuff happening at this moment. And then other times they want it like like if she were just randomly on the start on the deck of the uh, Enterprise where there's hundreds of other people there and she's carrying on a little romance. You know, I, I didn't think that I thought that was what didn't work was mm-hmm. they were they were asking a lot of that character, mm-hmm. uh, even more so than some of the others, even the Picard. She's got to run through a lot of emotional uh, um, sequences if yeah. you think about it. Yeah. And I think that's true, and I think that's fair. Um, I, 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 like I said, I don't know. I 
there were moments uh, throughout the series where I said, man, this is, this is great. I'm really, I'm liking her character. I'm enjoying what they're doing with her. And then there were other moments where I was just, uh, I, there, there needs to be more or less uh, in some cases. And so I, I'm interested to see um, if they do a second season, uh, how, how they take that and where they go. With and I her. do think the intention from what I've read is that, you know, obviously with everything happening as it is, uh, there's a bit of uncertainty, but my understanding is a, the show did do well and that they are, uh, planning to do another season. I think mm-hmm. if everyone's able to come back, obviously that their plan is to, and they, they've got a lot of, uh, old cast members that they can still bring back. Um, yes. Uh, I, I won't, we won't talk too much about that right now, but I will say I appreciated the fact that they, they were judicious about the way and how many characters they did bring back. Yes. At no point yes. did this feel like a, a cameo, a thon right. where he's got to be, you know, the way Star Trek, they've got to meet every single person they ever knew. Like the, they bring some characters back. Those characters are brought back, you know, obviously for some um, recognition and some nostalgia, but they're brought back in, I think a way that's reasonable. Like yep. it, it has some bearing and it, it, it factors into the plot and I, it, it weaves itself together. Yes. So uh, we can finish talking about some of the cast if you want. Um, yeah. Is anyone else you wanted to mention of the of the of the crew? Yeah. Cast, so the crew. Um, I mean, next we have um, his his surrogate son, as it were. Um, uh, I can't Legolas. Think. Yeah, Lego. Yeah, dark haired Legolas. Um, which again, I really I enjoyed his character. Well, his, his name is Elnor, which thank didn't you. help yes. because it sounded like an elven name. <laughs> yes, and and in general, it's like it's almost Elrond. Um, I know, and he's got the bow. He's got the ears. Yeah, he's, uh, he's Romulan, but the long flowing the, dark hair, the yes, you know thin and, frame, the, and and. Because he's this part of like he's been raised in a convent of warrior nuns. Yeah, you know? he's got he's not even he doesn't even talk like a he he talks in that sort of that elevated right uh, like ethereal yeah. fish out of water yes ethereal so he is all left in all ways he's basically playing an elf yeah an elf archer and that is really kind of weird and and what I would say is um, if they had tried to distinguish that differently. Uh, his persona, I mean, even, even the hair, even if they had tried to do something different with the hair, I think, um, that would have worked. Um, I, I kept getting distracted every time I saw him, I kept thinking he's not an elf. He's not an elf. He's not an elf. Um, and that, but I enjoyed his character. I enjoyed what he brought to the table. I enjoyed the reasons why he was coming up and picking up with Picard because this is another character that Picard had hurt along the way. And again, we talked about the fact that it was not necessarily intentional. Um, he, you know, he had every intention of um, investing in being a part, but couldn't because of the circumstances that are going on. And so the reasons why he's coming back into Picard's life and the relationship and bond that they form as they go along their journey, uh, which, which interestingly, uh, they, they form this relationship and then they're forced to break off again. <laughs> Uh, but but I enjoyed him and I enjoyed what he brought to the table. Um, what were your thoughts on him and his character? Um, I thought he was fine. I think the issue with him is much of what we just said is that he he he's fun. But and my kids are even like he's kind of like an elf. Right. And uh, I think his the, the thing with him is the episode in which he is introduced is 
by far the strongest material he's involved with. Like he's involved in the whole epic stories that goes forward, and we do worry about his safety, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 we want to see him do things as the show goes along. But I feel like his strongest material is when we first meet him mm-hmm. on that planet. Yeah. Uh, you know, the storyline he's involved in with Picard there it gives him a little more room to work with than where he goes later. So yeah. I feel, you know, he, he ends up kind of that action hero, not unlike Lego loss that, you know, he's there for, um, some kind of fish out of water humor. He's right. there to have a couple really cool action scenes, uh, where he shows that he's very skilled as his warrior. He does get things to do. That's not what I'm saying, but right. the, the storyline of what he was doing when Picard enters his life, I think was slightly more interesting than just making him a part of the ship. Yes. A part of the ship's crew. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but I mean, I, I, and I think that was the issue. He's one of the few where I think his upfront stuff was more interesting than what they immediately did with him. For instance, had Picard left again without him at the end of that episode, I don't know, you know, there would be an impact on the story, but how, how much so, you know, right. we, we have really missed a lot. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And then, um, I think, I think it's safe to say now, Nathan, that we're going to get into spoilers because we do have one more. We have one final crew member who joins them at the very end. Um, and so uh, unless there's well, something there's another, you want to – There is ahead. another crew member who – I mean I, unless you're talking about this crew member shows up sooner than the very end, shows up kind of midway through, yes, I think. Yes, um, Is and that the one you're talking about? Yes, that's the one that I'm talking about. Yeah, so I would say this is spoilers, mild spoilers still. We're not going to – we're not going to ruin everything right. anyway when we're talking about this. We're not uh, – like uh, the very, very end, we might discuss a couple of points. But like at this point, we're going to talk about generally what's happening in the show. Yeah. Uh, some of these things are revealed in the first few episodes. Uh, one thing I thought was really cool about the way the first episode ended mm-hmm. was that a pullback and reveal that there's an there's a isolated Borg cube yes. out there. Not only is it sitting out there. But the Romulans are on it. Right. Like they are not just on it. They are infested in it. They have ships set up. They've, they're working on it. They're, there's yep. construction going on. There are entire groups of people inside of this cube and they are uh, like working to re, rehabilitate right. and bring and, and redeem and, and re, reintegrate into whatever, whatever society they belonged to before they were assimilated. All of those Borg that were assimilated, they all came from different places. Mm-hmm. The people inside this cube are being uh, – they're working with them. They're providing therapy for them. They are slowly walking them back to be reintegrated into their culture. And uh, the uh, the Soji character is actually – she who, who she's the one that Picard is looking for. She is there trying to find a shared mythology for these people so that they can find a way to integrate back into their culture. And I thought all of that was really cool. Yes. And uh, they even bring back the character of Hugh. I don't know if people who really know Star Trek might remember Hugh was a Borg that was pulled out of the cube as well. Yep. And it, do you remember him in that generation, Nathan? Yes, I do. It was weird. I didn't know he was coming back. So to see him and and not just see him but to see what he's doing, he is now ahead – uh, heading up these operations to see these people reinstalled as as people, and I feel like you he's know? the one um, who's used to really kind of bring bring some closure and peace to Picard with the Borg, because we find out that that Picard still has um, still has difficulty w- and struggles with um, with what happened to him becoming Borg. And, and, and that's a big part of, of First Contact, which I think is arguably the strongest of the 
next yes. generation standalone. Yep. And you're right, it wasn't it was delved into, it was dwelt upon, but it didn't really resolve. He he just he he did what he needed to do in the situation, but he didn't become more understanding of the Borg per se. Right. Right, and this is where I feel I, I you know, and, and feel free to to disagree, Nathan. But this is where I feel like, you know, we get the this profound moment with Picard and Hugh, and like the work that they're doing, and and Picard, you know, I felt like anyway, he finally had this sense of peace and closure um, with what was going on, where before the, it just he it was there and you you even saw his his rage and his his hatred of the board coming out in first contact um you don't get that rage and hatred but you still see you that he's uncomfortable and, yeah yeah you know he's uncomfortable and and so you get these this moment where it's like oh i i'm finally able to put this to rest now um did did you kind of feel that way too no i think and they, and then what's interesting is there's a specific episode that deals with that and it's a moment when it comes back and they don't jump to it immediately they work to it slowly yeah and i think it makes it, it definitely happens and it makes perfect sense because of where the show ultimately goes yes like because the the the, the great thing about bringing the borg back and not just saying oh you know the way with doctor who you're always gonna bring the daleks back because it's a right. classic villain you know we gotta have the borg back it, it, it makes very clear sense why the borg are involved in this and you can see even see up front with the with data and and the story behind soji and who she is and the story about what's happening with the androids this idea of artificial life and of this and what does it look like when human life is juxtaposed what what does it mean to be alive and what does it mean to have your life sort of um uh taken away from you and 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 to be put in this point where you are assimilated you know what does assimilation look like in all these different ways so thematically i think it's very smart to have the borg be a part of the story it's interesting to have the romulans over here i don't think the romulan villains and the the borg are no and no means the villains here there's no there's no active borg cube right but there is this part of the borg story which i appreciated and so then we do bring in a person who becomes part of the cast jerry ryan mm-hmm. who's seven of nine does yes. come into several of these episodes yes. and they bring her in kind of how you would expect where first she seems kind of a one-off but i she was a welcome i thought she was a welcome addition yes. and another character who i think you know when she was in the show a lot of people were like oh she's the hot borg like i mean right. I, to be honest that's probably what like right at the time that's what they were doing right a voyager and she but she was an interesting character because she was that fish out of water the way she behaved in that show was closer to the way that um evan of agoria's elnor character behaves here you know she doesn't quite understand everything this is many years later she has fully sort of come back into culture in a sense she's a loner she's almost more of a han solo type than the han solo the Cristobal character is kind of like the Han Solo, you know, uh, uh, type here. You know, she is more of this kind of on the edges, on the fringes. I'll help you if you need it. She has respect for who Picard is. And, and, and it's some interesting scenes where she fully intends to carry out certain things, but she would prefer he not know it. Right. <laughs> you yes. know, which I yeah. thought was interesting. She was more yeah. intent on him retaining the sense of idealism that she admired, even though she had no no intention of actually following through, she really didn't want him to think she didn't. Right, right. <laughs> and she I wanted him. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She wanted him to have to to retain that hope that that there is there's more than just you know revenge or evil or you know uh, let's let's try to get the upper hand and get the power over the under you know she knew that it was important for him 
to maintain that and to have that sense of, you know, people are good and they can, they, they have these decisions and, and they can do the right thing. And, and I did, I, I agree with you, Nathan. I thought that was a very interesting component that was brought in and, in a thread that's kind of, uh, worked throughout the entire series actually is, you know, at each moment, whether it's the villain or, or, or the good guy, it's these moments of choosing who you are and who you want to be and moving forward with that. And so I found that to be very interesting and compelling. And and at first you think she's going to kind of walk in and, and, and get lost in the scenery, and they really don't allow that. And there's a really cool, I thought, plot development involving her, the Borg Cube, and even a way to bring back and reference the Borg Queen. Yes. And what yes. all that meant. Because I, I remember when First Contact when First Contact brought that idea of the Queen, it seemed kind of weird, you know. Right. Um, because you're like, oh, they're not just this random collective. There is a high yeah. mentality. Yep. That seems kind of convenient. So you have a major villain. I, I didn't even know how I felt about that initially. And so to, to see them work with that and kind of explore that, not in the way you think. I'm not saying Alice Creek doesn't come back or anything. They have a couple flashes of her that are clearly from first contact just reminding you that she was there. Right. But how they deal with that concept of what the Borg Queen is or was and what it could be, I thought that was pretty interesting. And I feel that may come back in the series and, and how that relates to Seven of Nine. Yes. Um, I thought they did some interesting things there. There's one thing they did with her. I'm not saying whether it liked or not like it, but it was completely out of left field just because the story hadn't prepared me for it. But I'm uh, there. And you I might think, know what I'm talking about. I think about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But there, there's a moment when I just feel like maybe what I'm – I think there's a bit towards the end uh, where I think we are watching something that is happening a bit later mm-hmm. than the story. But we see it so immediately that there's a couple of character choices where we're like, where did this come from? Yes. This wasn't developed over the – and I think what we're actually seeing is something that's happening months later as opposed to days later. Yeah. Um, but so so I, I would say the show has something to work on there. But overall, I liked what they were doing with her in the context of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. They do get lost a little bit. That last episode, they, they, they like lose track. Um, they ha- there's a character played by Harry Treadway, who's Narek, who is a Romulan sort of spy yes. agent who is installed in the cube. He has a storyline. He goes a lot of different places. And, he, and his character is making some t- twists and turns. And then we don't see what happens yes. to him. yes. I actually have no idea what happens to that character. Yes, yes. Uh, and Michael Chabon said, yeah, you know what? I kind of got lost in the editing room, guys. <laughs> but like, he is, he's probably still around. But, you know, um, I, it was weird because here's a character who has a direct arc, and they were, they were so careful with some of it. Um, yeah, so I think we could talk about some of the others now and the other things that happen. I don't want to get super spoilery, but we do get to this point. One of the things I've always complained about, you know, with Star Trek uh, is – that I love the Star Trek shows where they're dealing with the interactions with the alien races and the concept of exploration. Yes. And I'm not as much a fan. All the movies have really not been about that. All the movies have been about space battle or big thing happening, apocalyptic event. And this is big thing happening, apocalyptic event written on it. But they get to a point in the story, and I, I wish they had maybe spent even more time on it or will spend more time on it, where we do have a sense of exploration because they find a new community of people. Yeah. It's not as interesting, I think, as I would have liked it, but they do suddenly have this, oh, we're a new territory. Yes. And I liked that. I wanted more of it. I wish maybe we'd had a few less of those almost Mandalorian-esque like – Stop on this planet, pick that person up, pick that person right. up, pick that person up. I think I would have liked more time in this new community, in this new world that they find. Because by the point they get there, the main 
plot is the, the action plot has kicked in so much that we don't really get to settle into that world and see what it would be like the way we would have in a standard Star Trek episode. Yeah. No, and I agree with you. I, I was enjoying, um, you know, their their journey as they were heading toward their destination. And so I, I agree. I think they should have spent a little bit more time developing each place they went to. And, and they reference other characters. Oh, I actually mean the opposite. I liked the pickup person, pickup person here. I would have liked more of those worlds. What I'm saying is their ultimate destination. Mm-hmm. I don't think we saw enough of that world. Oh, like, okay. I don't think we spent enough time in that world without it being everything is so high stakes by the time they get there that there's no time to explore that concept, which mm-hmm. is a new world for them. Like right. that, what they're encountering is they use the term first contact because in a sense it is. Right, right, because of where they're going and things like that. I yeah. get it. I get it. So, I mean, yeah. I, I agree with you that, yeah, we could have had more time at all the places they went to. But what I'm saying is I think for the first season, if this was going to be the storyline that's going to conclude or, ra- or, or or head toward this big thing, I would have liked a little bit more time on that particular world. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, I really feel like they did a, they did a good job. You know, I, I'm thinking back to what you were, you know, referencing with like Firefly and Mandalorian. It really, it, I feel like it has a good combination of, of things that are going on in those series without, without being them without replicating what they're doing oh no and i would say that's what's cool is that picard is in no way it isn't firefly right and that's what was good is that they you see that in the trailer but the show becomes something different it has some it has some dna i won't lie there's some definite dna of that show Mm -hmm. and i think mostly like the way that show was able to knit this group of people together who are broken and trying to find a way to become whole again they try for some of that i don't think they quite succeed as well Mm-hmm. In some of those areas. But again, if you view this as a show where a lot of these pieces are trying to to buffer what is essentially a character piece about Picard, I think right. it works all the way through on that level. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And I, I think they did a good job in that level that, you know, and these people are – effects and everything, yep. fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's – yeah. I mean when you think about what, um, you know, what you would see in terms of – you know, movies and things like that. I mean, you know, this is up there with some very well done special effects. Um, even, even some new visual things that they're doing. I mean, we've seen, you know, the ships going into hyperspace before, but they do some really cool things with hyperspace. Um, in this series, there's there's one episode where you know they're they're trying to outrun someone and they're doing these series of hyperspace jumps, um, and it's kind of like this cat and mouse thing. And it's actually I feel like it's done very well, um, and something that we really I can't remember having seen in Star Trek before. And so I thought it was something that was unique that was brought to the table um, that kept it interesting. And and I feel like you get a lot of those moments in this series. These these things that. This is familiar, and I remember this, but hey they're they're presenting something in a different in a new way, which should be you know technology um, should be better, and so the things that they can do with it should be better and so I feel like what we see with that is that it's a reflection of that without overdoing it. The special effects don't dominate the series, but they do play a good role in the series all right man let's go full spoilers for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you good with that? Yeah, I'm 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 down with that. So uh why don't you uh take us there first? What is the first thing you want to talk about spoiler wise? Well, I think we'll just start from, you know, most most recent in the series to the end mm-hmm. instead of starting with that. But 
Uh, and this maybe is not be a huge spoiler. People probably might have known they were coming back. But I am going to talk about what I thought. I'm not going to go into, like, again, not explicit detail about everything that happens. But mm-hmm. when they decide to bring, you know, we have data shows up at the very beginning yep. in dream sequences. And then we see Jerry Ryan's character as Seven of Nine. And and there's a couple others. I think David Paymer comes back, and I think he might have been in the show before. Of course, there's Hugh. And there's all these little ones. But we haven't really seen any of those people that he served on the deck of the Enterprise with. Right. You know, unless I'm mistaken. I don't think we get them until we get an episode where he and Soji are on the run and they have to um, – they essentially end up doing something that ends up like teleportation related to the board cube. Yep. But they're able to kind of go somewhere, and they go to a planet. He, 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 he goes to that planet on purpose. The planet he goes to is where Riker and Deanna Troy are now living yes. with their family. And I – this was one of those things where it's like it happens late in the show mm-hmm. in the last few episodes. It happens in such a way – where it's in the middle of all the dramatic action mm-hmm. and it ends up being a bit of a respite story-wise mm-hmm. uh, where you are just kind of watching people hang out. And this really was something that could have gone either way, mm-hmm. I think. And Jonathan Frakes had said in several interviews, look, I've directed steadily since since uh, Star Trek uh, Insurrection and I've done TV and I've done this and I feel like I've kept all of those wheels greased, but I was terrified about coming back and acting again because I haven't done it. Yeah, I haven't acted really since Star Trek, and so he's he, you know he's kind of putting it out there like uh, this was not real that really that easy for me. It took right. a little bit to get back in the saddle. Now I don't think any of that's really on screen, you know. Or Jonathan Frakes is just such a charismatic guy <laughs> that maybe he just is Will Riker because I thought he seemed very relaxed, very yes. realistic. He's he he's the same guy, and he's big though. He's bigger, and oh, yeah. I, I don't know if it's just Patrick Stewart's gotten smaller. I mean, he's bigger in a lot of different ways. But right. you know, my kids are like, he's like a giant, and they watch <laughs> Next Generation, and Johnny's looking at him and looking at him. And he says, "That's that's his number one. That's that's a right." I was like, "Yep, it's not just number one anymore." Right, uh, but he's um. And he kind of ta- – and, and, and Picard, you know, of course, uh, Stewart's a little bit – you know, he's older and he's a little bit smaller. And right. so it's weird to see kind of like he's just uh, like ho- hovering over him almost. Yes. And <laughs> it was interesting though to see both of those actors, yes. Marina Sirtis and Frakes, come back in, have all the same chemistry together yes. with, again, another layer. They have this layer of they're on this planet and, and they've had a a they've got a young daughter. Mm-hmm. They had another child who didn't survive, and that does play into how they interact and their grief. And yet, and you see, there's still that. What I like again is that sort of back and forth, that give and take. That I trust you, mm-hmm. but I'm going to question you, and I'm going to call you out. Right. Interaction between Picard and Riker, and between Picard and, and Troy. Troy. Like right. they fall back into those interactions. Yes. And they even they even preface it sometimes by saying, "I would never say this on the deck of a starship," but right. and she gets at one point she gets pretty hot with him, and I but it, but the way those characters interact is realistic. Yes, and it's like family coming back together, and it's not just the nostalgia. You get a sense of their shared history, and I thought that was one of the best episodes. It just yes. it laid everything slow down, and it comes back to that Javon saying, "Hey, I want to make a show where it's just Picard." Being a person doing these things, and you could kind of get the heart of that again in that episode. Yes, because so much of it was placed in that context. Yeah. Well, Jonathan Franks. I mean, I I enjoyed him as number one, and I was so I was super excited when I saw they show the preview 
uh, for the previous, you know, for the next episode in the one you're currently watching. And so I was excited when uh, he was coming up and, and I was going to get a chance to see him and I was hoping it was going to be more than what it was. And man, can it was everything that I wanted and, and more, I mean, just like you said, his charisma at being Riker and, and what he brought to the table. And then they bring him back at the end of the, um, at the end of the series, um, as I don't know why I can't see that coming. I don't know why that blindsided me, by the way. But, I don't know why. But it was so great, right? I mean, his moment was, but in I there did, is... I was like, I should have absolutely expected right. that, that when Starfleet finally got his stuff together, it would be because, because Riker's going to contact him, right? And then but to see him, they've got him behind, you know, they've got him sitting in the ship and everything, and his, again, it was, it was that big crowd-pleasing moment to me. We talked about this with Star Trek. When you have Lando Calrissian show back up with the entire galaxy or whatever, right. at the end, I'm like, okay, whatever. I just didn't care. But this was very different. The same the same essential thing, yes. minus the fact that they actually find a way around having the big space fight, so congrats on that. But yes. like, outside <laughs> of that, I thought it just worked so much better as a moment Yes, uh, than that did. And largely because of having these moments where they were able to sit there and have these conversations next to the lake and, you know, uh, again, Riker just calling it as he sees it. And I, I really enjoy the scene where he kind of recognizes, he, he's like, that's Data's kid, you know, and he, right. he lists the reasons why he can see this. And and yet there's that melancholy and there is that added bit of the story about the, them losing this person. And that adds to their character. And I so I thought that was super well handled. Yeah. Um, I, think, I enjoyed that. I was just going to say, I think I think it was my favorite episode out of the series was having him back in their interactions coming together. And part of that is I think you're right, Nathan, that, you know, their their high stakes, high energy all throughout the series up until they get to this point. And then you have this moment of rest where they're all coming together and they're they're there's still high energy and high stakes, but it's more emotional than physical. And then they they go out of this right back into the the high energy high stakes again, you know, into that physical, um, you know, uh, drama that's going on. And so I really I enjoyed that, and I and I did. I really it was everything that I wanted to see and more. And then that one, you know, that that piece where he comes back at the end was just you know, it was like okay, this is this is what it is. This is what the series is supposed to be, and this is what good writing good directing good acting can be in television well and consider this too because here's the other thing that they had this huge problem their huge problem was so at the very beginning of the series we have this this girl come to picard she needs help and then that how that resolves where okay he fails in a sense and it happens pretty early on and now he's got to go find this other this other character Mm -hmm. who we watching her do things the whole time he's on her way across the galaxy. So we know her as a character. We know what she's doing. We see where her storyline is going. We have this storyline about how she might be this sort of chosen one, except in a destructive sense. Right. And so then you have those storylines, but when Picard finally interacts with her, even mm-hmm. though he's had shared scenes with this actress, he hasn't shared scenes with this character. This character doesn't even know who she, who he is. It's right. an old man running up and saying, jump in this portal with me. Right. So it's now about three episodes or so before the end of this season. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff they're going to have to interact with together, and she doesn't even know who he is. Right. She has no reason whatsoever but to trust him. She has less reasons than the first one had to trust him. Right. Then he's got to tell her, hey, I kind of you know was there when your sister was killed. And... So it makes perfect sense then to have them on this planet where 
now she she's finally she's seeing him interact for the first time she's really met him yeah with these people who know him and trust him and care about him because they spent all these years with him and so it was a really smart way i think to draw his character out a little bit more but then also have this other character and say oh this makes perfect sense why going forward there's some big moments where if she doesn't trust Picard, the universe is toast, right? Right. And so, but but she's only seen him, you know, we talk about this all the time. She's only seen him for a couple of, in fact, I don't know why they didn't think about that in regards to some other characters, but, you know, how are they going to establish that she can see who he is and understand his motives and things like that? And it's to put him in, put her in proximity of him interacting with these people who he, who know him well enough to know that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So a couple last things I want to talk about. And there's, of course, a big thing sort of at the end. But what did you – so going into this, so when we get to the planet, you know, here's uh, here's uh, Brent Spiner back playing yeah. uh, Ada's physical brother, not Lore, uh, but his physical – like I guess right. Lore is a physical brother, but he's he's an artificial brother. Right. Uh, this is an actual son of, of Soong, is right. Alton Soong, and he is I, – I like his character. I definitely think he's a character that's being set up to be more, but yep. didn't it really feel that they were going to play him like the villain? They did, yeah, and, and I think that's what they were banking on was where is this going to go? Uh, because you know, his shift is almost so abrupt, though you know, yes. in a certain sense, it's almost like what? Like you're not quite sure if he's still playing you or not, right? So. <laughs> well, and I think I think the idea is that he's he's really he's not the villain. You know, he was the the outcast from his father. You know, his father really didn't want anything to do with him. Well, there's a sense too of who is the villain here. You know, right. because everyone trying to do the things they're trying to, and I think that's where Picard comes in. The storyline is. Everyone's trying to do the things they think are right and for their own uh, survival. The the secret group is trying to stop something apocalyptically awful right. from happening. But they're going well, through really, with both it in such groups a way. Are, you know, both well, right, right. Are and so to, are they yeah. so are the artificial yeah. humans trying to do the same. And so I really liked the way that was established. What did you think about now I thought it was almost a little too borrowing from other 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 shows and movies to have the portal open with the electronic tentacles coming out, you know? I felt like it was like Hellboy for well, a minute. I was there, gonna you know? say, is Maybe this like Hellboy? Is this like Space Age Cthulhu or you know, like Well that is kind of Space Age Cthulhu, but here's a weird thought, right? Because what they're throwing out there is the idea that there are artificial high intelligences that have adapted and become uh, almost, you know, it doesn't matter that they're not organic because they're almost all all powerful, right? Right. Like these right. are some big heavy hitters. But it, are they? Maybe they aren't. But is this sort of a because we see how carefully and closely, like even Picard's brain tumor issue, you know, is his his disease that was referenced in the end of Next Generation. You know, yes. that he would have the issue later on. So none of these things are pulled out of the air. My mind immediately went, and maybe other people won't because I know this is not a popular movie, but Star Trek, the motion picture, yeah, right? Yeah. They are combating this force, the entire movie that is this big uh, celestial force, so they think. Right. But when they come to V'ger, when they come to realize is it, it, it originated from the Voyager the space Voyager, shuttle and yeah. had gone through all these things and it had become sentient, is it possible – that if there's this group of space beings out there, that it's sort of an homage or, or a reference back to that. Like, mm. it seems to me highly possible that this, the V'ger could have been the, could have been a part of or an early part of this sort of race, right. where these things are. 
Yeah. And so that's why for me, it didn't seem out of the blue. I was like, oh, now the giant space tentacle, like you said, space Cthulhu. Like, I don't know why we needed to see it as a as an actual like mechanical tentacle coming out of the void there. Right. But that's what I thought of was V'ger. And I thought, oh, well, that's kind of cool because that, again, the willingness to tie themselves into movies that aren't the most popular, right. per se. Yeah. Well, and I, and you know, it's interesting because it's clearly, you know, they're taking the position that, you know, the, the alternate universe of Star Trek is, is happening. It's concurring. And so it could be that, you know, they, they never get caught up with V'ger and, you know, are able to make the whole human, I'm going to merge with the machine and all that stuff. Um, you know, and we so we're never sure where it went too. you know, right. they had been to all these places, had it gone through and fostered a whole civilization. So and again, the Borg, we don't really know exactly where the Borg ultimately came from. Right. So and that's, I think there's and a that lot was, of mythology left to explore. Yeah. And that was actually kind of my thinking was, are they going to be bringing the Borg in in this larger capacity that are going to be serving their own purposes? You know, so, hey, we're leaving this message for the artificial so they can destroy the humans, but really we're going to destroy everyone and take over everything. Um, so let's talk about the thing that probably I, I've seemed to have heard has been the thing that most people just didn't like about the show, although I have perfect – I saw it coming and I saw no issue with it whatsoever, which is the fact that Picard dies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Picard <laughs> dies at the end of the show, but yeah. then Picard is also back by the end, which you knew was going to happen, so how are we going to do this? Yes. And I felt the more they were referencing his illness and giving him this finite timeline and him a man trying to do one last thing, yes. like, okay, there's no way you're going to come back and make Picard and not leave some kind of hole open for him to come back and be in the show. So the minute they present this Golem character, it's like, that's, that's, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, that's, that's what, what they've been building, this, con- this idea – of what's artificiality by giving him closure with the concept of the Borg and that he was made partially inhuman by its experience and him having to realize that data, you know, he had these daughters, he had the, you know, he was striving to have a human experience, having him have that final moment. We can talk about a minute with data that all of this is leading to Picard coming to a place in and of himself that he's going to be an, an artificial person. Right. By the end of sense. But he's not an artificial person because he's, he's demonstrated that he is, human and he can do these things and so i actually i actually liked that plot development you know i thought that that was a a great way to bring the story around and people's going well you know it's changes everything it doesn't really change anything right if you follow roddenberry's thinking on what it meant to be a person right and and i thought it was great because they you know they they even tell him you know it's like you're you're you know you don't have any superpowers you're not you are you are going to eventually that body that you've been given is going to shut down you know so i kind of been- like that by the way that's a little it's a little bit much to swallow but the idea is like you know why they had to give him that body because they can't you can't have anyone other than patrick stewart and you're not going to de-age him right so you're like we made you an old cyborg <laughs> body or an old android body i mean i was a little this is, you get around it but you know it's better probably just to, to, to kind of wave it away and just move on right um, however i will say this based on the work they've done here i don't think that you're gonna see this just be a passing plot point like picard right. is not going to be up 100 percent acting like he normally was a hundred percent in the next in the next season like right. this isn't going to be oh yeah, that's the way we dealt with it we're moving on because there right. was no reason to bring in the brain issue if you weren't going to eventually have to deal with the fact that he has this artificial body and i think that makes it interesting what did you think about his final scene with data and how that was handled the fact that it was a final scene after all these times trying to get to him and find him and then it just happens and then he's 
gone again. Did you feel that was self-defeating? Did you feel it was effective? What did you think? I, I thought it was a little um, bicentennial man. Um, do you remember that with Robin Williams? Well, that's a, that's a deep cut. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, bicentennial man is based off a couple different sources, a, a Ray Bradbury story and an Isaac Asimov story. And, of course, Roddenberry's androids really kind of function uh, and spring out of the Asimov sort of uh, – uh, mindset, but I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, it, it was, you know, and, and I, I mean, I liked it. I thought I it was, was better than Bicentennial. Right, Man, right. I yeah, a fan of that movie. I <laughs> like what it was trying to be, but not what it was. Not what it was, right? <laughs> and I thought they did a good job at bringing that closure together. That you know, um, Picard had been looking for that closure with Data, and and had not been able to get it until this moment. And, and data explains to him, you know, the, for, for whatever you can comprehend me as loving you, I did love you. You know, you were, um, you were my captain and you were a friend. And, and so that moment where, you know, we see Picard coming to him at the very end, um, and holding his hand as he's, as he's dying, I thought that was that was very well done. You know, we know that and that was genuinely touching and moving, and I yeah. liked the thinking behind it. It wasn't just oh, I need to go away. I don't want to just sit here in this room. It was this idea that like I have not, I wanted to be human, right? And I have done all the human experience except die, right? I, I haven't done this thing, and 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 I like that they even sort of acknowledged that they were all sort of like that like the that the nemesis thing just wasn't a good wrap up you know he's like i never even got a chance by the time i realized that you were gone and so that was a very nice i think kind of and then it wasn't even the final scene but the kind of final wrap up of their relationship and i was wondering if it was going to happen and 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 brent spiner has said okay you know i did want to put a wrap up and i did want to give him a a reasonable ending Mm -hmm. uh beyond what happened to nemesis but i also know i can't play this character forever not right. this character right because of like you know we, we shot around it we did what we needed to do but you can't have you know data in every scene looking like that like you know like yeah. not looking like that but you know it's it's time to wrap this part up but yeah. i'd like that they've done two things which is they've given an opportunity that spiner's character spiner can be on the show yes as a regular character which i hope that they would do because i think his foil his scenes with allison pill were when her character started to become more interesting yes i would agree and, with that and i think that their interaction would be very welcome in a second season yes and and i agree i think you know i think having to to put you know it's it's like any character that's set up to be immortal or you know whatever it's like clearly you're not going to be able to do that i mean you know they they can only go so far with Chris Hemsworth playing, you know, the God of Thunder because he can't live for hundreds of thousands of years, you know. And so eventually they've got to say, well, this character is is done and finished for now because he's getting too old and he looks it. And Data's kind of the same thing, you know. He's he's getting older. He looks it. It's going to, you know, it doesn't matter how much makeup you put on him. You still know that, you know, this is a heftier looking Data than – you know, what we started with in the next generation, but being able to then go to and say, well, we're going to bring in, um, you know, Sung, who is going to represent that character um, in some capacity. And, and you see that, you know, you see that, okay, this is, this is who, you know, Data is going to become in, in, as a person, as a, as a human form. And so, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, 
you know, seeing those interactions if they come about and, and, and what they do with him. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. And I think that, um, and I, so, you know, my bottom line is, this is my personal opinion. I guess we should wrap this up. We've talked a long time yeah. about it. I don't know, I don't <laughs> we didn't even talk about anything bit. else. <laughs> no, no, we'll get back and we'll, we'll have another episode soon. We'll talk about, so I think what we'll, maybe we'll try to do is come up with five or six. And I, I'll put this on the podcast now. Trying to, we've kind of closed out. We did have, it isn't up yet, but we did record an app, like not final, but we've done kind of a, the wrap up episode with Zach and mm-hmm. uh, we'll have that up. And then, We've done this. So I'll start posting things on the These Go to 11 um, discussion board. So get over there. I want to hear from everybody what they're watching, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're, maybe we'll put together an episode of like uh, shows and, and movies to watch during this time. Uh, and, and put your suggestions out there and we'll make sure that we, we read them as well. And uh, Nathan, I, I'm not as familiar with this. Do we have anywhere where, where uh, I mean – Granted, we can reach out via email. Do we have any other means of commu- like to to get touch or to? We do uh, have. Um, so we have email. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. We have the discussion board post. Um, one thing that I think might be kind of neat to do is if we wanted to um, do a uh, Zoom. Um, I have a Zoom account. We could potentially do a Zoom meeting where we where we have some of the fans come on and we talk with the fans about some of the things that they've been watching. Yeah, so, and I don't know if there's a if there's a viability to set up any kind of thing. I mean, I guess you can always record voicemail or something. Um, uh, I you know um, James King always seems to find us, right. but it might be, it might be nice if someone else actually called us for a change. <laughs> what we'll do is um, that's something Nathan that we'll go ahead and we'll put it out there now, so that way it'll force us to to do it. Um, we'll go ahead and we'll see if we can come up with some kind of a Google number or something that we can. Um, yeah, something where we can and we can find these and then share them to uh, you know so we can get uh, listeners and everything involved a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, so I I'm really excited about it. I I go on on record is saying I personally think that Picard was better than the Star Wars last three Star Wars movies. Yes, uh, just in terms of what it was trying to do yep. and how it made me feel about the series. I'm stoked for more Star Wars. I'm stoked to go back and watch. And that's the other thing about CBS on demand. If you get it right now, um, it's got all the Star Trek shows are on there. Yeah, so uh, yep. they've got the original series. They've got. Um, Everything Next Generation and Deep Space Nine and Voyager and Enterprise and all of that. So, all if you if you want to just do nothing, but watch Star Trek for the next thirty some days. You can do that. <laughs> that option is open. So, all right, yeah. that's about what I got. Uh, so. All right, that sounds good, man. And we just want to remind our listeners, you know, check out um, check out Jared's podcast and uh, you know give him a shout, give him a listen. We also want to remind you, uh, please go on if you haven't done this, even if you have done it, um, you know, make sure that you, um, you know, like us on all of our avenues that you can be on, you know, join us on Twitter, join us on Facebook, go ahead and um, even join us in our discussion group on Facebook. Uh, We are a little bit, um, we're a little bit more closed off in the discussion group because we really, we want people to, you know, um, have good conversations. We don't want it to, you know, de-evolve into, you know, the, uh, the internet garbage that tends to be out there. Um, but you know, go ahead and shoot us a request and we would love to, you know, let you in on the discussion group. We're yeah, absolutely. Be, um, getting in on that more, you know, um, again, follow us on Twitter. Um, we are on Instagram as well. Um, so we're going to try to do a little bit more with some of that stuff too. Um, so we are out there. We're going to try to make more of a presence. I know I've been promising this since, you know, day one. Um, one of these days I'll get my act together. Maybe now that, 
you know, we're in quarantine. I can do a little bit more of that stuff. Um, but we want to make sure that we're interacting and involving, you know, shoot us um, some likes, follow us and make sure you go ahead and leave us a review on your favorite listening service. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, um, Podbean, Spotify, uh, you know, and I'm sure if there's one that you like that we're not on, we can get on there too. So Nathan, this has been great. Really enjoyed it. Can't wait till we get back together and, and do it again next time. Until the next time, we just rock the Casbah. These go to 11.